state of the science towards equitable learning environments for medical education bias and the intersection of social identities by Nike Bashate, Nadia Bajwa, Mindy Ju, Nettle Applebaum, and Sandrine Van Shake. Abstract Context Medical educators are increasingly paying attention to how bias creates inequities that affect learners across the medical education continuum. Such bias arises from learners' social identities. However, studies examining bias and social identities in medical education tend to focus on one identity at a time, even though multiple identities often interact to shape individuals' experiences. Methods this article examines prior studies on bias and social identity in medical education, focusing on three social identities that commonly elicit bias, race, gender, and profession. By applying the lens of intersectionality, we aimed to generate new insights into intergroup relations and to identify strategies that may be employed to mitigate bias and inequities across all social identities. Results. Although different social identities can be more or less salient at different stages of medical training, they intersect and impact learners' experiences. Bias towards racial and gender identities affect learners' ability to reach different stages of medical education and influence the specialties they train in. Bias also makes it difficult for learners to develop their professional identities as they are not perceived as legitimate members of their professional groups, which influences interprofessional relations. To mitigate bias across all social identities, three main sets of strategies can be adopted. These strategies include equipping individuals with skills to reflect upon their own and others' social identities, fostering in-group cohesion in ways that recognize intersecting social identities and challenges stereotypes through mentorship, and addressing intergroup boundaries through promotion of allyship, team reflexivity, and conflict management. Conclusions Examining how different social identities intersect and lead to bias and inequities in medical education provides insights into ways to address these problems. This article proposes a vision for how existing strategies to mitigate bias towards different social identities may be combined to embrace intersectionality and develop equitable learning environments for all. Introduction Across the globe, medical educators are increasingly evaluating how established norms systematically favor certain individuals and discriminate against others. These inequities are explained in part by bias towards certain groups of people based on their social identities. Social psychologists use the social identity approach to study intergroup relations, and Buford introduced this approach to medical education a decade ago. Subsequently, a number of studies examine social identity in the health professions, typically focused on two mutually exclusive social groups at a time, for example, nurses versus physicians. Although important lessons have been learned from these studies, they tend to overlook that individuals often identify with multiple social groups simultaneously. Furthermore, as our societies become more diverse, individuals identify with a growing number of groups, which increases the complexity of intergroup relations. Consequently, social psychologists have called for research into intergroup relations that takes into account the increasing complexity of such relations. Drawing on a social psychologist's work on intergroup relations as they pertain to social identities may provide a deeper understanding of the mechanisms that lead to bias and can help medical educators in their efforts to promote equitable learning environments for all.
Background, Social Identities and Medical Education In 2012, Buford published a paper introducing the social identity approach as a useful framework to understand interactions between social groups and medical education. This approach, developed by social psychologists Tatchville and Turner, comprises social identity theory, originating from Tatchville's work on ethnocentrism, prejudice, and discrimination, and Turner's self-categorization theory. The social identity approach helps understand how certain groups seek to maintain their position of privilege by competing with or even discriminating against other groups. As such, it is a theory of power struggles between different social groups. According to the social identity approach, individual sense of self is influenced by the social groups to which they feel they belong, termed the in-groups. This self-categorization leads individuals to view members of in-groups favorably and differentiates them from out-groups, which helps to maintain the in-group's positive image. As individuals belong to multiple in-groups, they have multiple social identities, defined as those aspects of an individual's self-image that derive from the social categories to which they perceive themselves as belonging. The latter vary depending on context, a phenomenon referred to as salience of social category. Furthermore, existing norms determine which social groups an individual can identify with. Individuals usually have to possess the attributes of the group. This leads to the development of prototypes or representations of the main characteristics of the social group. Prototypes of social groups dominant in society tend to be viewed positively, whereas prototypes of groups with less power often carry negative stereotypes. For example, categorization of individuals into marginalized racial groups can depersonalize individuals so that they only represent the prototype of their group, thereby creating a stereotype. This can affect behaviors through stereotype threat where individuals conform to negative stereotypes associated with their social group. It can also lead to social identity threat when an individual perceives that a group they identify with is being judged negatively. Medical educators respond enthusiastically to Buford's introduction of the social identity approach. The article had 227 citations in July 2021, according to Google Scholar. Through an analysis of articles using the social identity approach in medical education, we realized that most examine different social identities in isolation from each other. In these siloed sets of studies, authors make recommendations to tackle the problem they uncovered without considering the impact of having multiple social identities simultaneously. Thus, studying social identities through the lens of intersectionality may be a powerful approach to deepening our understanding of bias in medical education. Intersectionality refers to the ways in which different social identities interact to shape an individual's experience. It was developed to illuminate how black women were marginalized in both anti-racist and feminist discourses. Research on social identities in medical education has to date paid limited attention to intersectionality, considering the multiple social identities held by medical trainees and professionals. We posit that intersectionality can deepen our understanding of bias and inequities in the context of complex intergroup relations and provide a different lens through which to look for ways to mitigate bias. In this article, we examine prior studies on social identity in medical education, focusing on three social identities that commonly elicit bias, race, gender, and profession. We analyze strategies to mitigate bias and inequities in each category and propose a vision for how these can be combined through the lens of intersectionality. Throughout the article, we use a fictional medical trainee, Ida, as an example. We recognize that using such an example carries the risk of perpetuating stereotypes if one vignette is seen as representative of everyone in a certain group. Acknowledging this risk, we hope that the vignette can illustrate existing stereotypes and the ways in which bias presents itself to individuals with multiple identities, navigating medical education, as well as 
to demonstrate the potential impact of applying an intersectionality lens. Social identity satellite bias. Ida is an African American female student from a lower socioeconomic neighborhood in Richmond, Virginia, United States. She was raised by her aunt, who underwent a life-saving surgery when Ida was ten. Since then, Ida has wanted to become a surgeon. She is the first in her family to go to college, and has to work during college to support her studies. As a result, she has limited time to engage in extracurricular activities, and her college advisor warns her that this makes her chances to be admitted to medical school slim. Encouraged by good grades. She studies for entrance exams and applies anyway. Ida is elated when she is admitted to a reputable medical school, and works hard to succeed. She is the only black student in her class, and she often feels that she does not fit in. She has a reputation to be smart, and she connects easily with patients. Yet Ida notices that her evaluations are never as positive as her peers, making her question her abilities. Race. Ida's example illustrates how social identities associated with race are salient during the process of entering medical schools, as they tend to influence opportunities afforded to different racial groups. This is especially apparent in countries with a historical context of systemic racism, like the United States. Although similar patterns also occur with regards to ethnic minority groups throughout the world, students from racial and ethnic minorities must traverse educational systems fraught with inequity in terms of access to resources and opportunities. As a result, they are less likely to consider medical school. When they consider it, they face implicit bias in admissions processes, such that the number of students from racial and ethnic backgrounds are underrepresented in medicine (URM). Entering medical schools remain below their percentage in the general population. In fact, despite medical schools' effort to increase the percentage of URMs, the number of URMs entering medical school in the United States is decreasing. Upon entering medical school, URM students often face bias in assessment and other forms of structural racism. They may experience stereotype threat and microaggressions as they are consistently reminded that they do not fit the typical image of a medical student. The inequities that URM students encounter during their training persist throughout their career. They must integrate their professional identity, which affords them status and autonomy, and their racial identity, which gives them membership to a social group traditionally not represented in medicine. URM physicians must struggle with an internal conflict of double consciousness from belonging to the medical in-group while not fitting in with the prototypical identity of a physician. In addition, the multiple stereotypes URM physicians face limit their access to certain roles based on perceived fit for the role. This creates a culture of exclusion that is aggravated by the lack of role models for URM physicians. Strategies to reduce racial inequities often aim to increase the number of URM physicians, including administrative and policy approaches, affirmative action, and, and educational and funding opportunities for URM learners. Yet these strategies do not address the underlying social identities that elicit bias. For example, many medical schools embrace affirmative action, but this strategy is hampered by the limited number of URM applicants and a bias selection process that disadvantages them. Efforts to address bias towards racial identities therefore need to include structural changes to identify institutional bias, create organizational cultures that promote diversity and redefine norms. For example, how we determine that a learner is successful in medicine. Furthermore, increasing the diversity of admissions committees and sensitizing them to their implicit biases may improve recruitment of URMs. 
Mentorship offers further opportunities to support URM learners. In one study, URM learners were able to merge their racial and professional identities through engaging in peer mentoring, which enabled them to assert their belonging to both the medical and URM social groups. The same learners also perceived mentorship from non-URM physicians as a way to recognize their membership to the medical in-group. Thus, strategies that focus on social identities offer promising ways of addressing racial inequities in medical education. As Ida enters the clinical environment during clerkships, she rethinks her dream of becoming a surgeon. Looking around the conference room during lectures in her surgery rotation, she notices that all of the portraits on the wall are of white men. When she hears others mention the few white female surgeons in the department, they talk about them as being bossy and difficult to work with. Despite feeling intimidated, Ida asks one of the female surgeons for advice. She's told that very few people have what it takes to make it through surgery training, and that internal medicine may be a better fit for her. Ida subsequently struggles learning even basic surgery techniques and becomes convinced that surgery is too technical for her. She opts for residency training in internal medicine. Gender. Ida's vignette provides one example of how bias associated with gender identities can influence career decisions and opportunities. Even though women have constituted nearly 50% of medical school graduates since 2008 and make up 41% of faculty in medical schools in the United States, gender inequities persist. Women are often marginalized with regards to leadership positions, academic awards, and compensation. Using the social identity approach, we can understand why and how academic medicine continues to create a culture of exclusion for women. Gender impacts the specialties that individuals train in. This phenomenon is often explained by lifestyle decisions. Women tend to select specialties with regular working hours to accommodate their role as a primary caretaker. However, it may be better explained by the concept of fit. When a group invokes fit, they attempt to minimize in-group differences and maximize out-group differences. Notions of fit are keeping women out of male-dominated specialties, such as neurosurgery, and men out of female-dominated specialties, such as obstetrics and gynecology. As a result, prototypical gender-based identities associated with a given in-group or specialty are perpetuated. Despite women now outnumbering men in medical school, medicine has traditionally been a male-dominated profession, and female physicians negotiate multiple social identities adhered to the norms of different in-groups. For instance, women leading resuscitations may enact more masculine behaviors to compensate for perceived devaluation as a leader, an example of social identity threat. Ironically, this change in behavior can lead to a backlash effect against women who demonstrate more stereotypically male behaviors. Together with stereotype threat, which may lead to decreased performance of women in leadership and other roles, social identity threat impacts women. The resulting emotional and mental exhaustion from worry over being perceived as less capable likely contributes to the higher rate of burnout noted in women as compared with men. Many institutions have tried to tackle gender inequities through formal policies and procedures, but these efforts have been criticized for failing to address informal interactions in the workplace. It is during these informal interactions, however, that social identities play out and become salient. To address this problem, interventions targeting individuals and social groups may be helpful. For example, an intervention targeting all faculty at an academic medical center found that a brief presentation increased participants' awareness of how bias can affect their decisions and behaviors. In business, interventions that promote male allyship have generated attention. Male allyship occurs when men commit to building relationships with women.
understanding the social privilege conferred by their gender and demonstrating active efforts to address gender inequities at work and in society. Allyship thus bridges the in-group, men, and out-group, women, so social groups no longer distance themselves from others but come together. Changes to individuals' perception of the group have been shown to decrease stereotype threat in other settings where gender is a salient characteristic, such as math and science education. When Ida starts residency, she tries to earn the respect and friendship of nurses. People who do not know her often mistake her for a janitor if she's not wearing her white coat. And when she corrects them, they often struggle to believe that she is a physician. As she progresses in her training, she is increasingly called upon as a team leader, yet at the same time she has trouble asserting herself in that role because she feels questioned in her decisions. One day, during a resuscitation, a nurse ignores her orders, and when Ida repeats her requests, the nurse says she disagrees. Ida snaps, are you the doctor or am I? Ida realizes she has turned into the person who is difficult to work with and wonders how she ended up here. Profession. Ida's example highlights how professional identities can become salient during medical education and lead to silos and conflict. Unlike racial and gender identities, which predate individuals' entrance into medical education, professional and disciplinary identities are formed during training. This process occurs through transitions into new roles with more clinical responsibilities and through interactions with learners from other health professions. At the undergraduate medical education level, learners often have positive attitudes towards other professionals. For example, students participating in an interprofessional activity rated feedback from peers with different health professional backgrounds as equally useful and positive. This suggests that the student identity as an overarching identity is more salient at this stage than the developing professional identities. During residency, learners strengthen their professional identities through interactions with members of outgroups. This is exemplified by residents reporting that the first time they felt like doctors was when working with nurses, as it enabled them to distinguish themselves from the rest of the healthcare team. At this stage, learners develop additional social identities related to the, their discipline of specialization. These identities become stronger over time. Theoretically, this is explained by the investments. For example, time, money, and effort physicians make to become specialists in a given discipline, the intense socialization processes they go through, and the specialized work they perform. Residents have different career trajectories depending on the specialty, the institution, and the country they train in. As a result, they identify with increasingly smaller in-groups. At the end of their training, physicians have developed multiple social identities that afford them membership into professional and specialty in-groups. Although professional identities enable physicians to perform their work, they can also impede effective collaboration. This is due to competition and conflict between different social groups with varying degrees of power, which often leads individuals to favor members of their in-groups and consequently treats out-groups less favorably. To mitigate bias between professional groups, interprofessional education, IPE, is increasingly adopted at all levels of health professions education. IPE aims to enable members of different professional groups to learn about, from, and with each other. Within IPE, some strategies focus on improving intergroup relations. These strategies include increasing team reflexivity, which occurs when an entire team reflects upon their work together to enable development of collective competence. They also include developing skills in four areas. A. Social capital building to develop relationships between individuals by creating goodwill and a safe space to interact. B. Perspective taking, which is the ability to understand and embrace others' viewpoint. C. Negotiating priorities. And D. Managing conflicts to mitigate intergroup differences. 
Finally, Parody and Whitehead propose explicitly addressing power and conflict, focusing on developmentally appropriate initiatives that take learners' level and experience into account. Applying these strategies may help bridge professional and the specialty differences so that the interprofessional team can become the most salient social group. An intersectional lens on social identities and bias. In the previous sections, we discussed how social identities related to race, gender, and profession contribute to bias and inequity in medical education separate from each other, reflecting how they were represented in the literature. However, as noted by social psychologists and demonstrated in Ida's example, multiple social identities often influence individuals' experience simultaneously, which leads to marginalization of individuals from multiple social groups. This aggregated marginalization can be understood through the lens of intersectionality. For instance, the intersection of Ida's racial and gender identities affected her perceived fit for a career in surgery. With a different set of social identities, for example white and female, Ida may have received more encouragement from the few white female surgeons she encountered. She may also have had a greater sense of fit for a career in surgery. During residency, Ida's struggles with nurses may have been rooted in nurses' inability to reconcile Ida's multiple social identities. Indeed, these identities do not fit the prototypical image of an internist or a team leader. At the same time, Ida may struggle to reconcile her personal and professional identities and may view them as conflicting. This double consciousness of belonging to the medical in-group while not being recognized as a member of the group can trigger identity dissonance, which refers to internal conflicts individuals experience between social identities that seem irreconcilable. Mitigating bias and inequities by addressing the intersection of social identities. Intersectionality thus helps deepen our understanding of how multiple social identities impact intergroup relations and influence an individual's experience during medical education. It can also guide a more comprehensive approach to addressing bias and inequities, taking different sources of such bias into account rather than focusing on one social identity at a time. Extrapolating from the siloed literatures on bias related to different social identities in medical education, we propose three main sets of strategies to mitigate bias across all social identities. The first set focuses on the individuals and includes strategies to generate awareness of social identities and their intersection to build skills to navigate in-group versus out-group differences. Recognizing what social group individuals identify with and how this can lead to in-group preference and bias towards out-groups is an important first step in mitigating bias regardless of the source. Individual skill development to navigate differences between groups proposed by the IPE literature includes social capital building, perspective taking, negotiation, and conflict management. If all learners and practitioners in the health professions are sensitized to their implicit biases and beliefs, they may become more aware of how their own social identities intersect within social groups. To reach this goal, relevant learning activities addressing social identity and intersectionality need to be integrated into core medical school curriculum, residency training, and faculty development. A second set of strategies to mitigate bias focuses on specific social groups and aims to strengthen in-group cohesion and build a group identity inclusive of social identities that intersect within the group. These strategies include mentorship within in-groups, which can help individuals build trust as they progressively identify with their groups. They also include discussions within social groups, caucuses, to examine issues associated with social identities for both the in- and the out-group, and the resulting bias and inequities. These strategies may help transform in-groups into identity-safe environments that challenge the validity, relevance, or acceptance of negative stereotypes linked to stigmatized social identities. In identity-safe environments, stereotype and social identity threat are reduced and social identities associated with gender, race, or other categories are viewed as integral to professional identities. 
To achieve this goal, intersectional mentorship programs need to be implemented throughout the medical curriculum to support learners' membership into in-groups. These programs need to include individuals who share multiple social identities, as well as individuals who have different social identities but are equipped to bridge intergroup difference to support trainees feeling recognized as members of the group. A third set of strategies can target intergroup relations. Allyship may contribute to bridging intergroup differences. Team reflexivity may also help individuals from different social groups develop a stronger sense of membership into the larger group, as fostering belongingness may be the most fruitful solution to problems of intergroup bias. Additionally, addressing power and conflict between social groups may improve intergroup relations. To accomplish this, existing initiatives that seek to mitigate bias, for example, IPE, training in diversity, equity, and inclusion, gender equity training, could be combined into trainings that broadly seek to improve intergroup relations. For instance, interprofessional education programs may encourage learners to reflect upon how they hold different professional identities, but share multiple other identities that can help them develop in-group belongingness to bridge professional boundaries. These three main sets of strategies focus on social aspects of intergroup bias, and although beyond the scope of this article, they will not be successful in creating equitable learning environments without structural changes to support them. However, we believe that our vision for combining strategies to mitigate bias and inequities by addressing the intersection of social identities offers an avenue to start changing IDA's trajectory. If all these strategies were used, IDA would join an environment in which everyone is aware that they hold multiple intersecting social identities that shape their experiences in unique ways, and she would feel a stronger sense of belonging in the medical community. Together with her peers, she would develop skills to share her perspective, understand others, and discuss disagreements. Ida's mentors would identify with her based on mutual group memberships and would encourage her to find the specialty that truly matches her skills and interests rather than the one that she appears most fit for based on perceptions. During Ida's residency, team members would appreciate her professionalism and competence rather than judging her based on her racial and gender identities. Finally, in situations of conflict, Ida and her team would engage in team reflexivity to find mutually benefiting solutions. As a result, Ida may not experience identity dissonance and would have the space and support to develop into a confident collaborative physician who is self-aware, embraces her own and others' multiple identities, and is equipped to address bias. We recognize that this alternative trajectory may sound overly idealistic and that our vision may not be sufficient to fully address issues of inequity in medical education. However, we hope that our vision will provide medical educators with ideas for how to promote equitable and supportive learning environments for all. Although we have focused on three main social identities that commonly elicit bias in this article, race, gender, and profession, intersectionality requires appreciation of all social groups. Examining how other social identities such as socioeconomic status or sexual orientation elicit bias can enrich our understanding of how different social identities intersect to shape learners' and practitioners' experiences. Furthermore, our understanding of how social identities intersect in medical education is limited by a lack of empirical studies in this domain. More research that explicitly examines social groups with multiple identities is needed to fully understand how to support everyone entering medical education. Concluding Comments Buford's introduction of the social identity approach to the medical education community has generated rich research into different social identities. Yet this research has tended to focus on one social identity at a time. In this article, we analyzed how such research may be viewed through the lens of intersectionality. We examine how studies in medical education discuss inequities pertaining to racial, gender, and professional identities and the strategies that have been adopted to address these inequities. 
We proposed our vision for how existing strategies to mitigate bias towards different social identities may be combined to embrace intersectionality and promote equitable learning environments for all. We by no means aim to imply that our vision offers a quick or complete fix for the underlying problems, which are complex and intertwined, many with long historic roots. Yet we believe that adopting strategies that embrace intersectionality and seek to address bias across social identities can be one fruitful step in the right direction. Acknowledgements. We would like to thank April Edwell for her critical review of the vignette and participants in the UCSF Weekly Educational Scholarship Works in Progress meetings, ESCAPE, for their thoughtful comments on the outline for this manuscript. Nike Boschetta's work on this article was supported by a fellowship awarded by the Swiss National Science Foundation. Mm -hmm.